Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here, and welcome to the New Man Podcast. I am really excited for you to hear today's interview. We are sitting down with Nicholas Bayerly of the Billion Dollar Brotherhood, and um, this is a little bit of a different podcast interview. Um, you know, the scope of what we do here is really helping guys get free of porn addiction and helping them grow in their masculinity and their manhood. And that's why Nicholas is on here today. Um, this interview is not expressly about uh, porn addiction, but, you know, most people who sit down and, and talk to me about their problems, um, at some point we will get on the subject of dreams. You know, what are some of your dreams in life? And if porn was, was a done deal, it was out of the way, you didn't have to worry about it anymore, what would you do? And, you know, a, a good chunk of people say, oh, I would start that business or I would start that ministry or I would start that passion project or, you know, um, I just know that there's a lot of latent dreams that are sitting there because of a struggle with pornography and the shame and the worthlessness and, and everything that sort of comes with it. And, uh, and so that's why I brought him on because he's uh, really a, an amazing guy, very inspiring, and he's not like some successful entrepreneur who just, you know, had a gift from day one and he just figured it out. And now he's, you know, God's gift to the rest of the world. I mean, this guy has slogged it out. He's made tons of mistakes along the way. He, he grew up under really challenging circumstances and he has become very successful through a lot of learned failures along the way. Um, but a great example of what happens when you just overcome the obstacles in life, when you're willing to face some of those hurdles and uh, just willing to say yes to the call that God's put on your life. So I know you're going to be blessed by it. I know you're going to love it. And um, especially if you feel like getting free of porn is going to help you step further into your calling and your destiny. Maybe it's going to help you launch a couple projects you've been wanting to do, but you can't listen to this interview. It's really going to inspire you. And um, and just so you know, this is not um, some entrepreneur that I just kind of found on Instagram. I'm actually part of his mastermind. I've been part of it for a few months now. And I'm really getting a lot of value from it. Um, this is really the first mastermind I've actually paid money for. I have a couple uh, masterminds with a few friends, but um, this is the first one that I've uh, really invested my own money in. And uh, so it's been fun learning and growing, and it was a real honor to have him here. Um, so yeah, I think that's everything. Uh, without further ado, let's hit that music and get into my interview with Nicholas Bayerly. Enjoy, guys. Welcome to the New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith sexuality, and relationships. The goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. All right, well, I'm here with Nicholas Bayerly of Billion Dollar Brotherhood. Nicholas, welcome to the podcast, man. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me here. First off, I just want to congratulate you on having a platform like this. We'll probably get into it. I was 60 pounds overweight, which I don't know if people could see me. If it's a video That's version, if it's audio, you can't see me, but you can hear my enthusiasm, what I which I would have never had when I was 60 pounds overweight. And the problem was like no one had any information, right? There's no Facebook ad targeting me, no YouTube video showing me what to do. I thought I couldn't change my situation. And it wasn't yeah. until like one piece of information got shared with me that everything changed in an instant, but it first changed for the instant in a negative, which is what caused me to gain 60 pounds. And if it wasn't for shows like this, people couldn't have that other change, that other instant where it changes everything forever. And one last thing is that all change happens in an instant. There is no change that happens over time. Some people just take a long time to finally get to the point where they make a decision to change. Right. The yeah. alcoholic isn't struggling to stop drinking alcohol until they stop. They're, they're not trying the whole time. One day they finally just stop. And that's the day that they stop. They just changed. It's, it's an error. It's over. It ended. And for people listening, my promise, if you stay the very end today, because it won't happen if we don't show up, is that we have those moments that change everything forever. Yeah. And the only way we can do that is if we sit here the whole time together. Appreciate you for having me. Yeah, it's great having you, man. So you are the founder of the Billion Dollar Brotherhood, which is this awesome uh, business, Christian business mastermind. It's not exclusively Christian, but um, but it's definitely got a flavor of faith. And totally. it, it's kind of surreal being part of it. Like I, I really just heard about you probably maybe two and a half, three months ago myself. And um, I mean, we're going to get into the whole like uh, you're turning your mess into a message. You've already kind of uh, given some nice teasers for it. But uh, dude, you do this so well. Like I was on this big Russell Brunson kick. 
I'm like discovering click funnels and expert secrets and everything. I'm like, this is amazing. Uh, I find out that he's got a faith and background. And so to me, it just like drew me to him more. And then I made this decision to quit my job, to go into deep clean full time and told one of my best friends, we've, we speak on the phone every week. We've done it for about eight years now. And he's like, dude, you're doing business full time. You got to meet my friend Nicholas. And like, I don't think, I don't think you guys know each other super well, but he's been following you. He's like, this guy's killing it. Um, and so I go to your website and there you are, a picture of you arm around Russell Brunson. And I'm like, no way, man, this is unreal. So it's just, it's amazing how God lined things up and, um, you have a really good thing going with BDB and you got all kinds of other things going on. So we'll jump into all of it. But, um, you talked about being 60 pounds overweight. Um, I know that that personal part is a huge part of your story, but give us um, give us even the, the broader picture, man. Like how did, uh, how did you get into business to begin with? How did this all start? Yeah, it's a great question. First off, Russell's phenomenal. Uh, he's a, a crazy, really good mentor. People haven't checked him out. You get all of his books for like $7 shipping. Like all of them are free. Yeah. And inside of that, you're going to find like the best things to create offers. How do you package things that you want to do? How do you make sure you actually go into a business that's a good market? So you don't just have ideas. People want to create inventions and crap. That's where I was too. I thought I had to create a great product and that's what was going to sell. It's not true. Crap products sell every single day. So if you have a good product, you can still sell it as well. That's the only point of that. And how do you become a leader? of your actual message and company rather than relying on a brand or a logo or all these different things. So anyway, I just want to give some credit to Russell. I've invested a lot of money. I'm inside of his top mastermind 50 K a year, and oh. it's been a no brainer. And just as a side note for the guys that are listening as well, when it comes to investments, I always thought it was funny because you look at Warren Buffett and Warren Buffett has this awesome feel good quote that says the one investment that supersedes all the rest. And this is like the guy who, is a multi-billionaire through investing. Yeah. One investment that supersedes all the rest is the investment in yourself. And that's great to quote it. And it's a good little resource to give some credibility around something. Yet for me, like getting into, even into business and, and failing in business, the way that I turned it all around was really investing in myself. And it wasn't just starting with just books and all these things, but specifically masterminds. There's always this quote out there that said, that says, it's not who you know, or it's not what you know, but who you know that matters. You heard this before? It's not what you know, but it's who you know that matters. Right. And there's plenty of examples that people can use to back up any belief. So I really thought about it. And one of my mentors, Cole Howder, once said, he's like, I guess that's really true. But like, what if we just said it's like what you know and who you know that matters? Right. Because like, you probably should know stuff, right? You probably should know like how to do things. Probably be helpful. Can't hurt you. And then thinking one step deeper, which is what's the best way to do that? And what I found mm -hmm. is that live events mastermind style formats where you have like-minded smaller groups of people with access together. That's what really changed my life. And over this last year, I've invested over seven figures of my money into different investments, not like masterminds, personal development, all that stuff. Hmm. And just a few years ago, like you were talking about, I was cleaning carpets. This was maybe six years ago. I cleaned my last carpet. So I went from yeah. carpet cleaning. I made $19,000 one year, $21,000 the next year married. So this is like, you know, I'm providing for my family. Like, no, I'm driving them in debt. I'm driving myself into debt. I can't pay for my groceries with a debit card. That's where I was at wow. to investing in these masterminds, all these different things. And then all of a sudden I grow this business and now it's like, oh, I got this money. Now what do I do? I, I'm going to invest it in crypto and real estate and property and all these different things and businesses and my own business. And what's so funny for the people who are listening, all it did was confirm to me how important and impactful my first investments were. Because mm. still to this day, the only thing I've ever regretted is stopping paying a mentor. Like I've never actually regretted paying a mentor or mastermind, none of it. Wow. Because I've always gotten so much more in return. See, my biz, my property, let's say, I have one property right now that's worth over a million dollars that I bought for $565,000. I have another property that's that's got quite a bit of equity in it as well. And I think about it and I go, oh, that's cool. Like you could sell that, but then what? Like right. I have not changed in that situation. The pro properties can change. Like they go up, they can go down. It doesn't matter. You get lucky, you get not lucky, you can be smart. doesn't matter. But just because the money comes in doesn't mean that I've changed. And this is why if you go into the lottery, they physically now, you have to go to therapy if you win the lottery. It's a requirement. <laughs> you have to sign a paper saying that this is my therapist that I'm going to talk to. Because what they found is they inject money for success 
yeah. into a life of an unsuccessful person and they go broke in three years. Actually, they liked life better before they had the money. They wish they could go back to how things were because it ruined their life. Crazy. Three different reasons. Number one is one is producing money. That's one area of power as a man is being able to produce. And I want to show this is like not only in the money sphere, but let's go to, to a different sphere, which is also health. Imagine I give someone their dream body, what they've always wanted. Boom. They get it. Got it. Boom. Done. Six pack shredded. Looking great. Even tan. Great. You're tan. Don't want to be tan. You're pale now. Great. You're pale. <laughs> shredded, right? What will happen is that every day they will watch that body deteriorate from its best form, feeling anxiety because they're at this certain level and they're watching it go down slowly and they have no clue how to control it. Hmm. Whereas if we take them from here and we just help them lose that little 10 pounds, get them to feel strong, establish some new habits, all of a sudden they're making small incremental changes, but they feel amazing. Right? I was 60 yeah. pounds overweight when I lost my first 11 pounds and I stepped on the scale and I was like, this is working. Like, you know how good that felt? I still looked like crap. Right. I looked terrible. Like I was two weeks in, like I didn't even, no one even noticed. But when I saw that incremental change, all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I can control the situation. And so when I go back to this, it's kind of like this. They t they, there's a story and an analogy about princes and paupers. A prince, like a leader of a kingdom, a king is the leader of a kingdom. And if you take a king out of his right of being a king and put him into poverty, complete poverty, you'll always expect that he'll rise up to be a king again. Yeah. Because the circumstance doesn't matter. The person in the circumstance matters. Right. The other way, you take some person off the street, a pauper, someone who hadn't built anything before, someone who's reduced his life down to rubble, and you put him in a kingdom, he'll always reduce it back down to rubble again. Yeah, that's really good. So the really best good. investment first off is that not just that I've seen but just that's proven over time has been that investment in oneself, which you just even said you've done with us. So congrats with that again. So yeah. how, how did I get to that mindset though? Wait, because can I, can I just interrupt you for one sec? Because you, you said something really interesting there that I think a lot of, this is where most people stop. So they're going to hear you say, yeah, you got to invest in yourself. Here are the things you have to do. But the thing that you mentioned is you actually have to take those first risks, which are usually the scariest, right? Like, because you're, you're forcing yourself into new territory. Can you just tell us about, like, how did you take some of those first risks and what are things that stop people from doing it? 100%. So looking at it now, people will say, well, of course, like, those are great investments because look at what you've done since you've done these things, right? It's like the perfectionism, another great example of it or, or an explanation or, or a definition even of it is expecting a guarantee in a world that gives no guarantees, it's mm, good. Like people want to guarantee for stuff. They want to know that it's going to work. They're going to want to know the outcome before it happens. And the problem is that perfectionism is expecting a guarantee in a world that just gives no guarantees whatsoever. Right. I just know on the other side, there are some guarantees that will for sure happen. Like if you do nothing, nothing will change. And for me, that fear was greater than the fear of changing. Like got to that point, right? Like it was like how, how everything started with me is I was 60 pounds overweight, had my transformation in school. We can go maybe in depth. I don't want to go too. I want to like get in some teaching stuff. It's super fun. But me and my dad had a big falling out. My parents split up when I was four. I wrote my first suicide letter when I was seven. I gave wow. up on everything in life when I was 12, 13. I was, felt split between my parents. Me and my dad got into a big argument and I felt like I had nothing to live for. And so I quit everything. I went and lived with my mom. I didn't talk to my dad for three and a half years. And I only lived 10 minutes away. Like I wasn't like in a Dang. different state. I wasn't disconnected. My dad would constantly knock on the door, causing me tons of anxiety. I gained 60 pounds during that period. I was, had a 1.8 GPA in high school. I only graduated because I went to summer school every year. I had no girlfriend all throughout high school, not one. And I remember just sitting there feeling shameful because imagine I'm in a, I'm an athlete, want to be a professional motocross racer with a dad who shredded and gifted and owns a business. And he told me growing up, if you can pinch an inch, you're fat. Like you take an inch on your skin. If you can pinch it, you're fat Dang. to being fat. So now I'm shameful and disconnected from my father and living with my mother, whose mothers are, are comforters. Men are disciplinaries. So I have no disciplinary. 
I only have a comforter that allows me to do whatever the heck I want, but I'm shameful because that lifestyle has given me not a great result and I'm overweight. So I go to school one day and this just shows like how simple a message can be. This kid pulls out this bag of fruit and I go, why'd you, what are you doing with bag of fruit? I mean, we're like eating cinnamon rolls for breakfast. We were eating orange chicken and and white rice for lunch. And then I'd go home and I have mini corn dogs and potato skins pretty much every night. Parmesan, chicken Alfredo. Like this is what I ate. Go, what, what are you doing with fruit? And he's like, Oh, my boxer, my, my, my trainer put me on this meal plan so I could weigh in at the correct weight and perform at a high level. And I was like, something inside of me just felt really weird. And just to put a pause on that, I'm in that moment. And now looking back, there's a book by Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is like total recall. This is like his biography, autobiography. What's the one where they write it? Whatever one that is. Like Auto, I said, I had yeah. a 1.8. So <laughs> I, I, you know, English was not my thing. I could speak it, but I didn't know it. And so I sat there and I listened to his book. And what was so interesting about him is he used to cover up all the good parts of his body. Like he was shredded, right? And bodybuilders have these, this weird syndrome that's like the mirror syndrome where they only work out the parts of their body that they can see. So there's lots of these bodybuilders out there. It's super weird. Apologize if you're listening and you are one, maybe work out your back or something. <laughs> they only work out their biceps, their abs, their chest, and they don't work out their back because they can't see it in the mirror. Crazy. It, it's insane. And so for him, <laughs> he covered up his biceps. His chest was humongous. You look at Arnold Schwarzenegger, very well known for his chest, his height, all these different things, but not well known for at the time his calves. Like, made fun of for his calves. He had these tiny little calves compared to some of these other stockier guys. He was a tall guy, not great genetics in the calves. So what did Arnold do? Arnold covered up his entire body besides his calves. So the only thing he saw in the mirror was his weakest point of his body. Where most people think about how they dress, you know, if they got nice hair, well, they cover up their entire body and they show their hair. If they have nice eyes, if they have nice skin, if they have nice, if they have a nice body, they have an ugly face and a nice body, like they're going to take their shirt off. Like this is what people normally do. Maybe they wear nice clothes, right? Cover up the body, wear nice clothes. Well, for me, dude, I was wearing the same sweatshirt every day. I mean, every day. Like my sweatshirt, because I found this comfort in it. At first off, I had regular t-shirts like this, but you could see my fat man boob, big nipples through it, right? Like I had these big man boobs. So people were like, dude, you got titties. Like what the heck's going on? And I'm like, holy crap, you're right. I got titties, this sucks. So I'm like sick and tired of people not seeing me they were seeing my problem. See, this difference, you had talked about pornography beforehand. Nobody knows that you watch porn. Like the guy, these guys out there, no one probably knows this. Right. When you're fat, everyone knows it. Like True. They're like, yeah. oh, like there's something here. You're not moving or you're not eating correctly. There's an issue with your body. Something is going on here. So like my, my issue is public to the world. So I go out there and I get these logo t-shirts, right? Now you can't see my man boobs because these logos are harder and they don't show as much thick t-shirts, et cetera. And then all of a sudden I go to the mall with my mother and I find this sweatshirt and man, did this make me feel confident. I mean, I put this thing on, you couldn't see anything. You zip it up the right way. I wore the same type of underwear every day, pulled it over my FUPA. I don't know if they call that for a guy, pulled it over my FUPA, <laughs> wore the same type of jeans. Everything had to be perfect every single day to the point where I finally took off the sweatshirt and I looked at the back of it and where the hoodie rests on the shoulders, I lifted it up and it was a completely different color than the rest of that sweatshirt. It had faded oh. <laughs> in the sun. I had worn it so much. Wow. I felt uncomfortable even wearing a different sweatshirt. That's how bad it was. And I realized that the difference between him and I is I had an issue. He had an issue. I thought there was nothing I could do to change my situation. And he knew if he focused on it, he could change it. That was the biggest difference. So for him, he was empowered. So for me, uh, six months after that one moment with the kid with the fruit, I lost 60 pounds, not working out. I had no clue what to do. I starved myself the entire time. And that got me really like in this place where I was feeling confident again. I was meeting people. I ended up meeting my wife, who I've now been together with for 10 years. We've been married for nine. My Come son's on. one and a half years old. Yet I had this like amazing marriage. I had my health. I was, I got to this point where I got a six pack. I hired a trainer at 19 years old. I was like shredded and I was failing in this financial department. I had never had a job before I got married. I had never had a job. Okay. I had never like actually no gone out there and generated McDonald's I, or paper route or nothing. Nothing. I, no, if I did anything, 
it was like, I want to be a pro athlete, but being a, a business owner wasn't cool to my father. My father's a business owner. He's like, listen, be like your uncle. He just literally clocks in, clocks out and makes like 250 G's a year. Just go to college, get a good degree. Like you don't want to do this business thing. But for me, like I just didn't, I couldn't see it. And it's like the problem with entrepreneurs, sometimes high performers, but not all high performers have this where if I don't know why I don't do it, this is why I sucked at school. It's like, learn this. And I'm like, but why? Right. And they're like, uh, because you need it to be able to do X, Y, and C. I'm like, but why? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't see why I'm going to do this. Yeah. So because of that, I'm just not going to do it. And in business, it can bite me in the butt. I'm like, why? And when I know why, then I'm going to go. But oftentimes people come to me and they go, Nicholas, I haven't lost weight or I haven't built this business. I feel so bad. I know what I need to do. And I go, but why are you doing it? I'm like, give me a high five. You're just an entrepreneur, man. You just haven't done it because you don't see fully how it's going to give you the life that you want. I'm glad. That's a good trait. I don't want you to do something blindly. What's the point of that? Why don't we figure out what it's going to do for your ultimate end goal, align those things together, give you clarity, overcome overwhelm, which definition of overwhelm is just not knowing the next step. Hmm. We get clarity on where you want to go, what actions are going to get you there, get you clarity on the next steps of what actions you need to take, and all of a sudden you're in momentum. And so for me, I got to this point where at 20 and 18, I got married. We ended up joining a network marketing company. I had no clue what it was. I ended up getting told that I needed to fly to a live event. I totally thought it was BS. I was like, I need to make money first. And they told me, Nicholas, you got to get educated, then you make money. I was mm. like, all right. So I flew out and my whole life changed. They said, if you do the things that I say, you'll make $12,500 in the next 30 days. I was like, so stupid at the time. I was, I actually did it. Everyone else like took notes, looked at it, said they've heard that before and they didn't do anything. Right. 30 days later, I did $12,547 in sales. Uh, and then the company failed. I failed just because you have the worst part of success. One of my mentors says is just a little bit, because once you have a little bit, you kind of think you know what you're doing. And then you stop doing all the things that are required to actually sustain it. Because step number one was producing a result that I talked about earlier. Step number two is keeping a result. How do you manage what you have? Salespeople all the time are known for making a lot of money and spending it all, squandering it, eating their seed rather than eating the bread. Right. Like mm -hmm. you have certain money that's for bread, right? Like people even call money bread, but you have certain money that's meant for you to eat. And you have certain money that's meant for you to sow. Yeah. And you're not supposed to eat the seed that you're supposed to sow. And so I got to this point where I totally failed. I drove my wife and I into debt. I'm sitting there getting kicked out of our town home. I thought I was going to move into the back of a halfway house because I was only one that broke that didn't have a criminal record that they could put in that place. And the state said no. So I was totally homeless, lived at my dad's house for 30 days. That went terribly. Is this we finally you're married? Moved into a 400, yeah, married. Until we finally moved into a 400 square foot apartment with no air conditioning and 110 degree heat during the summer. And we started rebuilding again. I cleaned carpets from that point forward for two and a half years. I was disconnected from all the things. Because think about this. I had tried. I went to the events. I went to the mentorships. I was flying all over the place. I put in the work and I failed. I went into debt, so I thought, I need to do something different. So I ended up trying to save, not buy anything. Not I did not eat out on the road cleaning carpets for two and a half years, besides three times I had Chipotle. And that's only because I got called into a later job. I packed my lunch every day. I saved up. Mm -hmm. if, I, if there was a networking event for business and it cost 20 bucks, I was never going to go because I said, man, 20 bucks in my pocket, not in your pocket, sucker. I, or I'd drop my wife off if there was paid parking and I'd sit on the curb. I'm not paying for parking. And my mindset was that the 20 bucks for parking was more valuable than the people, the network, and the information inside of the room. And it mm. kept me broke. And it wasn't until I sat down on the curb one day again after thinking that everyone outside of my situation was going to change my situation. So I thought maybe my wife will go viral and then people will buy our stuff. Maybe this person will sell stuff. Maybe this will happen. I'm just going to keep carpet cleaning. I'm going to keep just, just trying to get by, provide, do the thing, be the man, do the things that need to be required, blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting there in my carpet cleaning van thinking, what would it look like if I just asked myself if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And I discovered something that now is called taking full responsibility for your situation, taking 100% response. I didn't know what that looked like. Because I was hoping that maybe a video would go viral. 
I was thinking that the world somehow owed me something that if I just got lucky, then everything would work. And I just asked myself, what if I just stopped thinking about getting lucky? And I just thought, what could I do to be able to achieve that? What could I do to make a hundred grand? What could I do to be able to grow the business? And it made me realize this years later, have you heard this thing from all these superhero people? That's like with great power comes great responsibility. Great responsibility. Yep. Obviously that's true in that order with great power does come great responsibility, right? If you have influence, it's responsibility. Yet nobody ever talks about how you actually get into great power. People just think you're born with some type of freaking freak genetic where you can fly at the speed of light in a bullet. Like that does not happen in the real world. Hmm. And I realized that that's actually flipped. That when you take great responsibility, you actually enter into great power. Hmm complete opposite of how you actually get into powers from taking responsibility. Then when you're in power, yeah, it takes a lot of responsibility. But the thing is, is that what's been required to even get into power took responsibility to be able to get there. So that person already knows there is responsibility on them for every single situation. And I realized that in that moment with great power comes great responsibility. No, with great responsibility, then comes great power. It's proven now. People always want to retire. The average person dies with just a few years after they retire. Right, yeah. If you look at Holocaust victims, if they found out that the family member they were looking forward to see died, they would usually die in three days flat, all of them. Hmm. Because they were alive, not from the food that was in their belly, not from the environment they were around. They were alive by hope. Right. Or something in the future that they were looking forward to. Okay. Right. There was something inside of them that they were looking forward to that kept them alive. So when I go into this phase of like with, with great responsibility comes great power with this place of when I was sitting in my carpet cleaning van, draining it into the, into the grass, like I have all this, this water and all this grass and all this stuff. And I'm dumping my van. I'm sitting there thinking like, what do I need to do to change my situation? I started asking myself those few questions. Number one, with great power or with, uh, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. So what does it look like to actually just look at my situation, what I want to see happen and say, what does it look like for me to do this? Yeah. Second thing is that inside of this place of responsibility, what they've proven now is that, like I said, after a few years, people retire, they die. If people lose hope or lose vision, they die. But what they found truly is that if you decrease responsibilities, it increases anxiety. People think that if you... Oh, if I just had nothing to do, man, if I just didn't have to work, if I just didn't have so much on my plate, then I wouldn't feel so anxious. If I could just retire, if I just had all the money in the world, I could just do what I want, I would be fine. Not true. Hmm. What's true is actually taking on resp- responsibilities decreases anxiety. Hmm. Having vision is what gives life. So I got into that place and I... I remember my wife went to an event and this brought us to that one point that you were just talking about. She goes to this event. I stayed home. My dad got into a bad motorcycle accident. I couldn't leave. I was running his company. I was carpet cleaning just to be able to keep my whole family afloat. My father, including my own. Wow. And my wife goes to this event. She goes, Oh my gosh, I'm at this thing. And like, there's this $5,000 thing and we meet for two days and like, we do a call leading up to it. And I was like, wait, you're, you're at an event. There was 750 bucks. And you want to go to another event for 5,000 bucks with the same people that are at this event, but less of them, <laughs> right? Because because to the unsuccessful person, it sounds like total idiocy. Like they think, oh my gosh, what a scam. Right. But I knew that my wife would never do anything to hurt us. So I said, do it. We just freed up money on our credit card. She swiped it, maxed the whole thing out again. Wow. Went back to carpet cleaning. Five months later, nothing had changed. One month later, it was going to be that event. And all my friends are telling me, which these people are called crabs in a bucket. You don't ever need to put a a lid on a bucket of crabs because once one tries to climb out, all the other ones just pull them right back in. Never have to cap it. It's like the elephant with the string. You, You, when a baby elephant has a little rope around its foot and it gets yanked, it never tries to ever walk away again. You could literally put the elephant in the same spot, never put a rope and it'll never try to walk away. Cause once it sees that it can't move, like that's just final. Hmm. And these kids go, you should refund. You need to get your money back. And I was actually like, it sounded great, dude. Like 5,000 bucks back. I'd seen no progress. I'm a broke kid. Like all the other things that I could do with that money. All Like the anxiety of going to the grocery store and thinking, uh, I'm not going to be able to buy groceries at some point. And I was living off of a $75 a week eating, eat, uh, eating budget between two people. 
It's like $37.50. And I had a $25 a week eating out budget between two people. So $12.50. Like that's what I had. And I sat there and I'm like, my my dad just raised me better than this. Like my dad would never let me freaking refund on some guy. And like, I don't want that happening to me. So like you, you reap what you sow. So yeah. I show up to that event and I realized that at that mastermind, I saw people that were better than me. I started thinking differently, right? At this point, every single one of us right now, the way that we're going after success is just based on what we've learned. So if you're, if you saw plumbers were successful growing up, you're going to try to be a plumber. Right. That's why I have contractors all around here that are working on stuff that I'm like, dude, you could literally be a multimillionaire in this other industry because you remind me just of my friend, but you don't even know internet marketing exists. So because of that, you're just doing whatever you can, which is called excellence, doing what you can with the resources that you have. Yet the only reason I'm here is because like I literally showed up to these events and I'm like, oh, I could see this and I see this and I see these people. Right. When I first started my business, making 10 grand a month was like, you are God. I was like, holy crap. Then I started getting around people that made $10,000 before they ate breakfast. <laughs> and my expectations change. Right. And when your expectations change, now all of a sudden you start seeing opportunities that are different. Because if you think you can make 10 grand a month, you're going to look for $1,000 opportunities. If you think you can make $250 million a month, you're going to start looking for different opportunities. You're not going to see mm. the same opportunities as the guy that expects less. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. This is why every sport has gone up so high. And why the learning curve of every sport has changed so much. Like kids nowadays that are in their teens would beat pretty much anyone who is the best in the world at any sport back in the day. Because now they just look at the people that are way up here and they literally just ascend to that level super quickly because they're just doing the right things, the best things from the best people. And I sat there, I went to that event. I saw people that were better than me. I saw people that believed in me. I got the education that I needed. And I went out there and I produced... $26,000 in 30 days. I'd never sold more than three grand in a month. Called my dad, told him I can't clean carpets anymore. Scariest thing ever because I thought, what if it was a fluke? You know, what if like all of a sudden everything dries up and I go back to normal? So that kind of drove me. And that was 2016 May that I quit. And I remember now we look back and I have not had a not profitable month inside the business since then. 2017, July, we did over a hundred thousand dollars in just one month. And we've done that like multiple, multiple times all the way up to like $300,000 in a month inside of this company since then. And it's weird to think back that like I'm the same person I was then that couldn't ride the elevators without getting the police called on them because I was only allowed to ride the service elevators because I was like ruining their system in these places. And I, I have one friend that actually lives in one of those towers now. And every time I show up there, I laugh at the front desk because they're like, oh, yeah, sir, go right on up. And I'm like, I remember sitting here for an hour until <laughs> all the guests of this hotel or all, all the guests of this building went up because anytime a guest came in, they said, hey, sorry, you have to wait. Guests would go up. I couldn't ride the elevator with the guests. I'm sitting there with my hose looking like a freaking idiot for an hour. And, oh, sir, come on up. Oh, cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. You know, I'm like such a world weird life because I'm exact same person, just a different network and skill set. Like, yeah, that's it. So for me, it was super difficult making that first investment. But the second one was even harder, right? That next year is like, oh, you want to do this again? And I was like, well, I've had a little bit of success, but like I still hadn't paid off my debt. Like, I had just basically been able to try to invest in growing the business more, but I hadn't made any money. And that one was even harder because again, I was going to, it wasn't going to be one of those times where I went back to trying to be stingy. Right. I had a little bit of success and now I'm going to try to save up. Right. I knew that hadn't worked before. And so I had to recognize this cycle, which is becoming fed up and you run into this, this, this area where you have this big epiphany and you're like, I want more out of life. Maybe this is leaving your job. Maybe it's quitting porn. Maybe it's getting healthy. Whatever the thing is, you're like, I can't do this anymore. I need to change. And that sets people in a perpetual free fall because they never actually change quickly, right? We go in this place where we're like, oh, the business isn't working. This is so crazy. What's going on? And usually we have two options. Number one is to continue to invest, continue to learn, continue to push and ascend to the next level. Or we hit rock bottom. And at rock bottom, normally people, they crave what they just ran away from. So this is when they, they leave the job because they hate it. They start the business and they fail. They get down to rock bottom and they say this sucks. So they go, oh man, if I could just get my job back. Like I remember what it was like just to like 
go there and work and go home. That was so easy because we forget pain. And so I call it eating your own throw up. They literally go back into the same thing that they hated before because they forget why they left it in the first place. Yeah, I had to remember yeah. that. And I invested again and again and again and again out of discipline, knowing, hey, like this is the thing that's I, I remember why I quit this in the first place and why I turned away from just being stingy and not investing. I want to invest in things, have money flow and grow, invest yeah. in people so I continue to grow even when it's uncomfortable. And I've had to choose that year after year after year after year. It's become easier to invest in myself than the first one, man. And the second time, man, I was so depressed. I remember investing in myself the second time, had no more extra money, tired, working hard. And I slept with the order form in my pocket all night. And the next day they go, you didn't turn it in. What happened? And I'm like, gosh, I'm going to kill you. Like, you know how hard this is for me? But I gave it to them. And that year I went from $101,000 in sales to like 570000 Wow. So that's so why I say it's really difficult to invest in anything that gives you more than double digit return. Right, like 10% return is like would be a great passive investment. And when you invest in yourself, it's like what is a ten thousand dollar mentorship, fifty thousand dollar mentorship? It just allows you to accelerate and cut the gap where you may get a five hundred thousand dollar return, but also, you know, if you don't do anything, you get nothing as well. Yeah. So yeah. again, there is no guarantees in a world that gives no guarantees. Yeah, if I'm gonna bet on something, it's gonna go me, my business than others' businesses. Yeah. Right. People invest in Amazon because they're so confident that it's going to succeed. So they put a thousand bucks in, a ten thousand bucks in, a fifty thousand bucks in, but they're scared to invest in their own business. I look at that as the crack right there, that they're mm-hmm. confident that Amazon will succeed, something outside of themselves that someone else controls, but they right. don't believe in investing in themselves and investing in their own business. Dang. So I always call people out that are investing in other people's businesses before their own investing in other people before themselves. Really good. Really good. Um, I read your book, I think maybe right before I joined the mastermind or maybe right after. Uh, Amazing. I mean, you detail a lot of your story. And uh, the one thing I wanted you to just kind of double down on is the three-dimensional businessman. You've sort of talked about it, but just give us like the prototype, man, because the one phrase that I hear in BDB all the time is, build your business around your life, not your life around your business. 100%. And that was something that really drew me in. Can you just talk about the three-dimensional businessman and how that mantra applies? Yeah, so I break this down a ton in the book, and this has come from over a million dollars invest in my own company, obviously, but also on top of that, like the hundreds of thousands of dollars of mentors that are all right. pushed into this book that people that are listening, they go to nicholasbailey.com slash ebook if they want to just grab it for free. Obviously, they go to Amazon stuff. I just want to make sure if they are like, oh, cool, let me see the book. They may have already gone and bought it from Amazon and then they realize they get it for free if they want. Uh, cool. Obviously, you know as well, they can join the Facebook group, Billion Dollar Brotherhood, and if they watch five videos, they can get a physical copy for free. I don't need your shipping. Like, I don't need you to pay shipping, none of that crap. I'll physically pay for it because it's it's impactful. I make money in my business so that I can give books away for free. I don't sell my books to make, try to make money. Love it. Uh, though it is a perk. You know, if someone wants to buy 100,000 copies, then, you know, go for it. <laughs> Uh, so in, inside the three-dimensional businessman, I really go into depth in the book on what that is in each sphere. Yeah, I saw that really, and it, I coached 600 men one-on-one inside of health. So I, I lost the 60 pounds and I went out there and the first business that I created that started taking off was helping other men that wanted to run businesses or ran businesses lose weight because I saw the confidence it gave me and I was like, this is what I went through. Hmm. I could probably help people that are going through the same thing all the way to the gender. I was like, Well, I know what it's like to be a man. I don't know what it's like to be a woman. I don't want to talk to someone else's wife on the phone and coach them because that's weird. Why am I talking to their wife on the phone more than they are? Super weird. So I'm going to go out there and I'm going to work with these men. And it didn't work. Like talking about it didn't work and nothing worked until I started telling my story, which is where mess to message came from. But inside of growing that business, I realized that on all my coaching calls, think about I was selling the guys, I was building rapport with the guys. And I was helping these guys lose the weight. The first month or two would be about health. And then all of a sudden, it kind of felt like I was on this boat where there was all these holes and we'd plug one, but it just made more pressure go to the others. You know, I was like, great. Like we plugged one hole, but now the other ones are just leaking harder. So we'd like help them lose the weight, but like their business sucked and their relationships sucked. And I was just like, 
this is terrible because I don't do anything about this. And if I talk about it, it's like incongruent. That's not what they bought. That's not what they asked me for. So after going through with all these men, I built this, this way, this format to audit the man's life. And inside of it, it's inside of our uh, get it started training inside of the BDB club, which was all about this business men's assessment. So basically the conversation would go like, and people can have this with themselves is, Hey, what are your top priorities right now? On the top of your mind, write them down. People say, well, my work, my body, and my blank, like something else. And I go, well, what about your wife and your family? Oh yeah, of course. Like that's a given. <laughs> Duh. I'm like, no, it's not a given. Like if it's not actually there, then it's not a priority. So then right. I would ask them, what would it look like to actually build your life with the correct priorities? And then we'd start going through all the options, pros and cons. And we come out with basically, if we could put health number one, scheduled in the calendar, relationships number two, scheduled in the calendar, Work number three, schedule on the calendar. This is how we can live a successful life. Like this is how I can plug all the holes in the boat. Hmm. And it wasn't about time. I want this to be big. If it was about time, that means sleeping is like a bigger priority than, you know, having sex with your wife. Like it's just not right. It's like hmm. people, people, easily, people don't care about sleep. A lot of people are like, man, if I didn't have to sleep, I wouldn't do it. It's important, but it's not based on time. It's about when push comes to shove, what's going to come first. And this is how you set up priorities and boundaries. So in the health category is mental, physical, spiritual, emotional. And we actually break this down inside the assessment, inside the book with like, what, what should you do going forward? Yeah. So I got mental. It's like, all right, how, am I, what am I learning? What am I reading? What am I feeling with myself? And so think about it from this angle is the way to transform your life and live congruently is we first look at what are you ingesting? So what's in your environment? Who are you talking to? What are you consuming? What are you reading? What are you listening to? What act like what, what's the things that are going in? What food are you eating? What water are you drinking? What supplements, et cetera? Number two is digesting. What are you thinking about? Not just food, but like what's in your mind. So you're ingesting, you read the Bible. Great. And then you're like, I suck. This sucks. That's terrible. Look at that. Like, no, that's not going to work. It's conflicting. Like you're going to get yeah. freaking schizophrenia. Okay. <laughs> Ingest, digest, express. Step number three. What are the actions? And I want my things that I'm putting in and thinking about and doing all to align. Step number two is relationships. Not all relationships are more important than your business. Hmm. We got number one, intimate relationship. So this is husband, wife. Step number two uh, would be their family or kids. If you have kids, then it'd be kids. And then family, people that are like family, friends, uh, client network. So then we have inside the business, which is the vision. No one's going to be able to cast the vision for you. Number two is going to be, how do we make money, keep money and actually grow money in a place where we're able to be impactful. And so our core concept there is that these are the three areas for every man that physically cannot outsource. For me, when I'm starting a business, I always think about what are the things that are required to be successful? Like what, like if I miss them, then I, I guarantee failure. Like I need to start there. So if I need an LLC, I need a, a way for people to be able to buy. I need a way to be able to market. Like if I need these things, I want to start there and then build upon it. In every man's life, these are the three areas, health, wealth, relationships, three areas that physically no one can do it for you and you can't run away from. So I asked myself, what if we stopped looking at it like, oh, I'm going to go hire a personal trainer so he could tell me what to do. Yeah, like you need a personal trainer, but he's not going to be there at night when you're eating freaking Twinkies, Ho-Hos, and Reese's peanut butter cups when no one's looking. <laughs> yeah. Like he could tell you what to eat, but he's not going to pick up the spoon for you. Right. And so if you yeah. can't outsource it, we should probably get good at it. I always ask people, you want someone else having sex with your wife for you? Probably not. Well, then you probably shouldn't try to outsource it. You should probably try to figure out how to get good at this relationship thing. Yeah, like right. you, can't, you can't outsource your relationship with your kids. You can't outsource your business. So inside this, you can outsource marketing, you can outsource sales, all of those things. Those are great. That's why I don't talk about it inside the three-dimensional businessman. What I talk about is the things that you cannot outsource that yeah. if done correctly can actually increase and amplify every area of that life. Are you able to be healthier, have a better relationship and make more money than the person that sacrificed it all in order to be able to gain the money. This is why I call the book Modern Day Businessman Success Without Sacrifice because what we do is we sacrifice the things that don't matter so we can have all the things that do. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah, it's going to take sacrifice just of good things for great things. Yeah. Like I never ask anyone inside the book or in the brotherhood to give up anything that they wouldn't get something better in return. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Really like, good, man. Think about it with what you talked about with porn. It's like, are they giving up something, sacrificing by giving it up? Yeah, of course. But like, 
it's only because on the other side, you're going to get something better. hundred percent. Like you're not like actually losing in the transaction. Like you're just, it's yeah. like some you have a dirty pair of shoes and if you give them away, then you'll get a brand new pair of shoes. Yeah. <laughs> not a bad thing. So that took me a long, long freaking time to develop and also to implement my life. For me, I was failing in all three. I was overweight, had no girlfriend for seven years. And even when I got the girlfriend and was healthy, I had no business. And I felt like a failure in each one of those situations. And I realized that there was times in my life where I'd go all in on, on wealth and I'd make money and I'd be unhealthy. I go all in on my health again because it was like, I need to fix this. And then my, the business wouldn't grow. And then I wasn't spending time with my family. And I was like, holy crap. Why does nobody talk about this? Mm. And I realized that business mentors out there and other mentors here, they just didn't think the same way. So I just felt like, well, if I'm influenced by the people I'm around, maybe I should create the community of men that are like this, that want to be like this, so that when I'm around them, they're influencing me to be healthier, wealthier, and have better relationships. Yeah, it's amazing, man. I love it. I love it. I've never really heard anything like it. I think it's really refreshing. Um, we're running out of time here, and I do want to respect your time, but uh, you got an event coming up in October. I bought my ticket, uh, working on my flights. I don't know if I'm going to be coming from Toronto or Jamaica yet, so I'm figuring that part out, but um, cool. super pumped to be there and just meet people in person. Tell us a little bit about BDB Live, because I know live events, like you said, has been a huge thing for you and your growth, but a huge part of what you do within the brotherhood as well. Just lay it out for us, man, and talk to us about BDB Live coming up. Yeah, just like you said, the site is bdblive.com. People go check it out there. And what was so interesting about is I've been to like over 140 live events, whether speaking, attending, sponsoring, all the above. And as you said, to transform my whole life, I'm product of the product, masterminds, live events, et cetera. Constantly, this is like, again, all my investments I've made over the last year have only confirmed to me how important and underpriced all of these things are right now. Once people figure out how impactful this stuff really is, I feel like it's going to change the game. I, mm -hmm. This is a very limited commodity something that people have very limited amount of and is most impactful. And so when I look at that over the years, I've been able to kind of take the best things of taking the meat and spitting out the bones from all these events. Oh, like I'm in this place, the most successful events here and Tony Robbins, all this stuff. And I've been able to craft it down to the niche of the businessman. So if you want a network of men that want to run a business, own businesses, but also want to be healthy and have a family, you want to get in an environment where you can create that brotherhood and that experience where you can change things forever. Like that's the spot. And the way that we do that is even prior to the event, we do this connection call where you get to meet some people beforehand. So when you show up, you're not like, who is everybody? I don't know anyone here. Like we already create that momentum beforehand. Uh, the first it. night, we actually have like a whole networking session where we get to build connection, number one, first. Number two is I already bought everyone's lunches. So I already rented out like the whole restaurant area of, of the hotel. And so lunch, you just roll out, you get your food and you always are going to be sitting next to all the brothers. It's not like clicks that go out to lunch because I saw that as an issue. The next thing is like I rented out a whole like five-star dinner, insane white glove service, Perry Steakhouse, private dining area. Again, experience, transformation. We've seen hundreds of thousands of dollars of deals go down inside of that room. And inside of that, also curating a speaker group that's like choreography, where we have an outcome of three-dimensional businessman that we're looking to create at the event. We right. have our, our fingers on the pulse of what's necessary for these men. And I choreograph the speakers in a way where it's most transformational, most impactful, yet also gives people things actionably that they could go home and change, like mm. transform. And we take them out of their environment just long enough to create that transformation where they go home with what's most important, which is a new identity. Hmm. Right. People will come there and they'll think, oh, what am I going to learn? Like, now we have a saying that says some things are better caught than taught. Right. That like if you can catch something on the inside of you, if you have yeah. a shift of identity, like, if a bodybuilder got put into a fat body, they would just become a fit person again because their identity is that of a fit person. If I can yeah, give good. an overweight person the identity of a fit person, they will eat the right foods, exercise accordingly, drink the right water, all the different things. And that's what you're going to get at bdblive.com. It's going to be super fun, man. I'm excited to see you there. And for the people listening, I'm excited to see you there as well. Yeah, yeah. So we'll put uh, links to all the stuff in the show notes. But just lastly, man, if people want to connect with you, otherwise, uh, where can they reach out to you? Like I said, the Billion Dollar Brotherhood, they get my book for free. Let me yeah. know that you came from the show. Uh, second thing is Instagram is a really great way to connect. Just send me a DM. I'd love to hear if you have any questions from the show, anything that you want to talk about. I'd love to answer some questions as well. 
Amazing. Nicholas Bailey of the Billion Dollar Brotherhood. Thanks so much for your time today, man. Really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, All right. So that was my interview with Nicholas Bailey of the Billion Dollar Brotherhood. Um, he mentioned a bunch of different resources and links and stuff. We have all that in the show notes if you want to follow up and if you want to connect. And hey, if you're looking to be part of some business mastermind, you want to get a feel of what it's like BDB Live is taking place in Austin, Texas in October. I'm going to be there. It'd be fun to meet you and uh, it would be fun to talk business as well if that's something that you're into. Uh, but hey, uh, above it all, I hope the thing that you get from this message is that no matter what your circumstances are, like here's Nicholas, a guy who grew up in a broken home. Um, he had dissent with his own father um, and then started a business, you know, wanting to get into business and started it. Didn't have a lot of success, but just kept trying, kept trying and eventually has found his sweet spot and he's found great success as a result. And it's very analogous to the recovery journey. There's going to be a bunch of things you probably try along the way that won't work, uh, but they're worth it. And each of them leads you closer to something that does work, that does give you that breakthrough and does give you that outcome that you are longing for. And so, um, so I hope you're inspired. And hey, if you have a call to business on your life, go check his stuff out. Like I said, I read his book. Um, I'm in the mastermind. Uh, he's got lots of ways for you to connect. And there's actually a free Facebook community uh, that you can join. Um, I think maybe you fill out a little application or something, but there's a great community of guys there as well who are encouraging each other, inspiring each other, helping each other out. It's, um, it's really good. He's got a good thing going. Hey, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, it would mean the world to me if you leave a rating or a review on your respective platform. That helps me get the word out and it helps us change more lives. Appreciate you. I'm cheering you on. Have an amazing day. We'll talk soon, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at Sam. Thanks again and see you next time.